I got my miracle. 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 This is the place for miracles. Now let's look at what happened in Acts chapter 2. Remember, Jesus had stood on the Mount of Olives as he was ready to ascend to his Father. And he said to them in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power. Power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He said you'll be witnesses. You'll be empowered to be witnesses. To take my saving, healing, delivering power to people all over the earth. We are to be witnesses. The Bible says he who wins souls is wise. And I thank God for that scripture. Then Jesus told them to go to a certain place, to a certain place and come together, okay? To come together in faith and in harmony and in unity. Now that's not always easy for Christians to do. Because sometimes there's a lot of hair splitting about doctrine. But we need to make the main thing the main thing. And Jesus is the main thing. I heard somebody once say the main thing is to make the main thing the main thing. And Jesus is the main thing. He told 120 of them to come into a certain place and to come into one accord, which means come into harmony, come into agreement, and, and seek the Lord and pray. And Acts 2 tells the whole story. When they did, when they came together as 120 believers, something miraculous happened. There was a sound as of a rushing, mighty wind that came through the room. And appeared on their heads, as it were, the scripture says in Acts 2, tongues of fire. And they all, all 120, not 115, not 75 of them, not 119, all 120 began to speak with other tongues as the Lord gave them utterance. Something happened to them. There was a powerful, powerful move of God that happened in their midst. And when they came out of the room, people misunderstood. They didn't understand what was going on. It was a time of celebration there in the city, and they saw people coming out of that room. They didn't know what was going on. Some thought that they had been drinking, or else Paul, excuse me, Peter would not have had to say, these men and women are not drunk, as you suppose. For it's only uh, the third hour or nine o'clock in the morning. The Jerusalem bars are not open yet. But this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, upon all flesh. The magnetism of the Holy Spirit. And Peter preached a message. Now I want you to notice about what happened to him, because what happened to him is what happens to us when the power of the Holy Spirit is made manifest in us, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we begin to pray in tongues like they did on that day. And we have just as much right to pray in tongues today as they did then. The first thing that happened is he spoke with confidence. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have a confidence that you cannot possibly have on your own. I don't care how confident a person is. It doesn't compare to the confidence that God puts in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. So there was a confidence that came in speaking in tongues as Peter preached that message. And there's a confidence that comes in you and in me by the Holy Spirit. The second thing was his message brought a connection a connection as he focused on the needs of the people. Uh, people say, well, how do I connect with this person? How do I get them to understand what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit is the connector. 
he had a great connection with the people because when he preached, people wanted to know what to do, you know. And then the third thing was he had such conviction. When the power of the Holy Spirit is in you as you witness, people come under conviction and they want to know what they should do to give their lives to Christ. And it also brought a compassion in him. My father, or Robert, used to say to me, Son, compassion is an irresistible urge to remove the problem. And there was a compassion in Peter. He didn't want to uh, get even with those who had put his Savior, Jesus, on the cross. He didn't want to get even with, with those people uh, for what they had done. Because Jesus has said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Peter didn't want to get even. No, the compassion of the Lord came up in him. And he was preaching his heart to those 3,000 people, or, or thousands, I should say, and 3,000 of them gave their hearts to Christ. He preached with conviction, and he preached with connection, and he preached with compassion, and he preached with confidence. And when he did, by the end of the message, they were so pricked in their conscience that they began to say, what must we do to be saved? And Peter told them, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, Richard, is it that simple? Yes, it is, if you believe it. When I was 19 years old, I decided to stop running. I knew there was a call of God on my life. It had been prophesied over me. Even though I hadn't accepted it, I knew it was true. I knew God was calling me to preach and teach and bring His healing power to people in need. But I had my own plan. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a nightclub entertainer. I was not interested in, in the gospel of Jesus. I'd seen how, how persecuted and crucified my father had been, and I didn't want to go through that in my life. I didn't want any of that. But I knew that God was calling me. And at 19, I said to the Lord, okay, I repent of my sins. I repent of my past. I lay my plan before you and I receive your plan. I didn't know at that time how much better the plan God had for me was than the plan I had for myself. Now, I'm not criticizing uh, those who are singing in nightclubs and so on. That, that, that's, that's not the point. But God had so much more for me. And I repented. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that's what Peter was saying. Peter was saying when they said, what must we do? He said, repent. Repent means a change of mind. A lot of people think, well, repentance is a change of heart. No, it's not. Repentance is a change of mind because it's your mind that made the decision to be which way you are. Repent means change your mind and turn your back on the past. Change your focus. God isn't going to change your mind. He, only God can change your heart, but you can't change your heart. But when you change your mind, then God can change your heart. Repent, he said. Turn from your wicked way, is what Peter was saying. And repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they did. And 3,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus, and the church was born. If you're tired of the lifestyle, if you're tired of the game, and you'd like to believe on Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you'd like me to pray a prayer of salvation or a prayer of rededication with you, then why don't you just pray this out loud after me? Just Let's just wrap your arms around yourself like I'm doing and say, Father, I come to you today, not in my name, 
but in the name of Jesus. I'm so sorry that I've missed the mark with my life. And I repent. I'm sorry. I changed my mind. I renounced the devil. And today, I receive Jesus as my Savior. He is God's only Son, and I receive Him. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Save me. Heal me. Deliver me. And set me free. I declare, I am a Christian. I am a believer. I'm not going back to my old ways. My future is ahead of me as a child of God. You say, well, Richard, that's a very simple prayer. That's right. It's not profound. It's not complex. It's not way up here. No, no, no. It is simple. And if you meant that prayer, just like I did when I was 19 and prayed it, I'm telling you, according to the authority of the Word of God, you will never be the same again. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, all those old things are now passed away and you've become brand new. God has taken your sin and buried it in the deepest fathom of the ocean. He takes it, He buries it when we, when we ask forgiveness, and He remembers it again no more forever. I'm setting my faith with you for the miraculous. I believe your best days are ahead. I believe that 2017 is a miraculous year for your life and for my life and for this ministry. Praise God. Remember, 918-495-7777. Email us at earlroberts.com. Write me, Richard Roberts. Share what God is doing in your heart. And if you've been blessed or you're being touched by this ministry, I'd like to know about it. Thank you for tuning in to the Place for Miracles podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, call our Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 or go to oralroberts.com prayer. Our website also features uplifting articles, online Bible classes, books, and other resources to help build your faith in God. If you'd like to support the outreaches of the Oral Roberts Ministries, please go online to oralroberts.com to make your donation today.